0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 252 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show Bits, Baubles, and Books. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible.
0: Sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products and Horse Quinter.
2: Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn, the geek live from the stable.
0: It's every week. They bring you the news through hell hard water, while using their tails as their own
3: fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop cause it's time again for Stable Scoop, Stable Scoop, Stable Scoop,
1: Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop radio show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Howdy, Glenn. How are you?
0: Good. Everything's good. And I got to tell you, I'm going to start off the show by bragging a little bit that uh, Stable Scoop once again now has the most listened to episode on the Horse Radio Network.
1: Stable Scoop. Let me guess, it was one of our serious episodes. Yeah, it
0: was the Lime episode. Uh, we, we have had now more listeners and more downloads to that specific episode than any other that we've ever done.
1: Well, that just goes to show you that our Stable Scoop listeners really want information. This are
0: yeah, and I think, too, that uh, what happened was it was shared by a lot of people who have friends that have Lyme, and they wanted them to hear it, and then uh, a lot of the Lyme groups that uh, are out there supporting Lyme patients are, have re- re-shared it, and it went around Facebook that way. Yeah. So I think that uh, really did help a lot. Um, and I'm happy to report that I'm still on my diet. It's been, what, over a month now?
1: Wow. How do you feel?
0: I feel a little better, actually. Uh, I think I would have had a bad Lyme day yesterday and today. I probably wouldn't be on the show today had I not started the diet. I think it would have been much worse.
1: That's a big so difference, Glenn. That
0: is a, big, a big difference. That's a big deal. So now I'm not saying that I won't still have a crappy you know, time at some point. But, right. Uh, but I also lost 15 pounds, so that's good.
1: Wow! In one month?
0: In one month, yeah. I actually lost you a, dog. a pant size in one month.
1: You um, dog. I know. That's one what Jennifer's month. saying.
0: <laughs> So yeah, it was, and the
1: only change you well, what was the biggest change that you made? Would you say? Well,
0: I mean, a lot of changes. I cut out uh, sugar of all all processed sugar. All right. Uh, so I only eat natural, you know, veg, or fruits and stuff, and then uh, cut out all gluten. So it's a gluten free, sugar free diet.
1: Perfect. Which that's when put, all. That's when all you, we need to know. <laughs> when
0: you put those two together, it makes it. You know, there's it rules out what. 80% of food products that you find in a store. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it makes it a little more difficult, but uh, I did it before and I'm doing it again. So The
1: concept is simple, but the execution is challenging it is because challenging. it's yeah. hard to find, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll when you go, to go out go. to eat,
0: you know, it, it, that's perhaps the toughest time. Uh, especially when they bring those good gooey rolls, you know, you get at some restaurants and they bring the good buttery rolls to the oh,
1: table and it's like, yeah. oh,
0: that kills me. I think that kills me more than like dessert.
1: I know. Um, oh, my God. The buttery rolls. Yeah. <laughs> I went to dinner and I made a discovery. Now, this is going to uh, this is going to be really mean, but that's OK, because I have a mean streak. Yes, <laughs> I went does. To dinner. <laughs> I went to dinner last weekend in Providence in an area called Federal Hill, which is the Italian section of Providence. And I had not been there before. And, and to clarify
0: for new listeners, Helena is 100 percent Italian.
1: I am 100% yes. Italian. And so I'm a little bit, um, let's see, the nice way to put it would be, I'm a little bit uh, particular about my Italian restaurants. You know, when you grow up in Little Italy. or Another way little to put Itali-
0: it is she's picky as hell about her <laughs> Italian restaurants.
1: Well, when you, when you literally grow up going to Little Italy in Manhattan, that's, it's hard to compare to that. Well, and you
0: had a you know, mom and grandma that used to cook the, the real Italian dinners, you know, not the well, fake stuff.
1: Not the fake stuff. Well, so anyway, we we go up to um, the Federal Hill, which is absolutely adorable. Now, I had not – again, this is the – I right outside of Manhattan, okay, New York City. Then I moved to Boston, which is – I probably love Boston even more than I love New York. And now I'm in Providence or just outside of Providence. And it's like, yeah, well, really, what can Providence be compared to New York and Boston? Well, let me tell you, it is such a gem of a little city and Federal Hill in particular is absolutely adorable. Hmm. The restaurants there are amazing. The nightlife was just really top shelf. It was great. So I went to this Italian restaurant called Camille's and it's it's really fancy, you know, like just really fancy. You got to wear a dress and get your nails done. So they bring you before you did so you look at the menu and you're like, "Oh my god, this this food is you just start to drool by looking at the menu." And then instead of like buttery rolls, they bring you this basket full of Italian bread. Ugh. And olive oil with um. all kinds of goodness in it, and they just sort of drool it they driv- drizzle it on a plate and I was like, "Dude, you can just leave this bucket of bread." <laughs> And I'm good, you know? I'm trying to, like, totally be, like, mind my manners and this really nice restaurant. But the horse girl came out, huh? All I can think about is stuffing my face into this basket full of bread and dripping olive oil over everything. So, anyway, that's the the scenic route, too. So,
0: Italian food in uh, Providence is approved?
1: Italian food in Providence is very much approved. And then they had this really nice, like, courtyard is all cobblestones and in the middle of the courtyard was this huge fountain. And in the center of the fountain was like a six foot tall stone pineapple. And the water was coming out of the top of the pineapple. And it was probably, I don't know, 70 degrees out that night. And there were people, there was live music in this courtyard and all the restaurants in the courtyard had, they were open to the outside. So there were tables outside and then you know all the windows it had were, a European it, feel, didn't it? Oh, it was so yeah. nice. And yeah. then the music was playing, and people were dancing. It was really, really neat. I so you know what? Four stars to Providence.
0: And it, Providence has a big uh, Portuguese uh, district too, with a lot of Portuguese <laughs> uh, food. I know. Well, that's uh, where Emile from.
1: Yeah. Well, yes there there is a very strong Portuguese community um, here on the south coast of New England. Um, you know, don't forget like. New Bedford was a huge um, port for the whaling industry and um, a lot of – and this I learned because I went to the New Bedford Whaling Museum. Um, Way back in the day, like whatever it was, the 1700s when they were whaling, um, the whaling ships needed deckhands. They needed help, employers, employees. And so they would travel back and forth to Europe and they would stop at the Azores, which is Portuguese and so a lot of people from the azores would hop on these whaling ships and then they ended up coming back to america and establishing roots here so there's a really strong portuguese community in the whole south coast area that stemmed from the whaling industry isn't that cool huh.
0: i'm trying to remember what the name of the 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 town uh the Town in Providence is where the Portuguese are, where like Emeril grew up, and it's right across from where you tore that battleship. And I cannot remember the name of it.
1: We toured the battleship. Oh, you mean Battleship Cove? That's yeah. in Fall River. That's Fall in River.
0: Fall- that's it. That's where, Fall River, that's Massachusetts. It. Yep, That's where a huge port. Eighty percent Portuguese in Fall River. Yes, yes,
1: yeah. yes, yes. Fall River is very um yes, and there are lots of um, treasures. Little culinary treasures that you can get in Fall River. Of
0: course, you know, the, the uh, college there is one is a big-time culinary college, too.
1: Johnson & Wales. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: We have Brown University. We have an Ivy League school here. We have Providence College. We have Salve Regina. We have Roger Williams. All great schools. Huh. Yeah, and, of course, Johnson & Wales. Yep. It's a really great, and, of course, you know, there's Newport, which is... I
0: love, love, love Newport. You know, Jennifer and I went on our honeymoon to Newport. You did? That's where we went on our honeymoon, to Newport. Yep. Uh, we love Newport. And of in, course, Newport, for those that don't know, you can tell them about it.
1: Newport, Rhode Island yeah. is, um, well, gosh, well, the America's Cup used to be raced out of Newport. Um, it's got the most amazing sailing and boating history in the world, probably. I mean, I'm not a boater, but...
0: And it's where all the rich people lived. They all built their <laughs> super mansions there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. On, Some of the um, most
0: amazing houses, the Breakers. Ugh.
1: On Bellevue Avenue, yeah, yeah. The the Newport mansions are beautiful. And the, the Cliff Walk. It is, it's a, an absolutely stunning, but very accessible, cozy city. It's not pretentious at all, despite the mansions. There's yeah, the a, mansions
0: are big tourist traps now. I mean, they're... I'm but great. they're
1: well done. They're yes. not, there are no T-shirts being sold. You know, there's no um, – it's not hoity-toity. It, it's, it's a very accessible, comfortable little city to walk around, to get around and, and to see. You know, there, there are quiet places where you can sit on the beach and have a glass of wine. You know, you can have a little picnic. But at the same time, the nightlife is great. It, and, of course, there's the water everywhere. You can take dinner cruises or you can go sailing on a schooner. Now, how
0: far is Newport from you? That's not too far, is it? About
1: a half an hour. Yeah. 40
0: minutes. Used to be in the old days. Now, this has nothing to do with horses, people. We're sorry. We apologize in advance. Um, But it used to be in the old days when you were coming from the east, when you were coming from Connecticut over to Newport, they they didn't even have a bridge. Uh, There was no bridge and you had to take the ferry. So when we were little kids and would go across, you had to take the ferry to get there. Wow, and then they built that big crappy bridge that I hated, oh, just absolutely hated because it was two lanes. It went straight up and straight down, and <laughs> it had those. and I hate bridges anyway, but it had those metal grates at the top. So when you get to the top, your car would go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Back and forth. And oh man, I hated that bridge. Now I guess they built new bridges that aren't quite so bad. But
1: yes, they, they, built, a they, they built a new bridge.
0: That All right. ages me, doesn't it?
1: Oh, I was going to be like, dude, you're old. You, I had, you to had to take a ferry. You had to get to. And yeah, actually, Newport is one of three towns that make up Aquidneck Island because it's on a. in Rhode Island. The official name of the state is Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Oh, really? Isn't that cool? I didn't know that. I me either. It's it really is a neat little little state. Um, but but we're what we, we do not work for the Rhode Island Department no, of Tourism.
0: <laughs> well, we're always talking about Florida. It was your turn.
1: Well, and you know what the whole the bread conversation, yes, started, the buttery rolls, <laughs> and then I had to talk about Federal Hill, and you know. If you're it, all to stable, it all started with lime.
0: It all started disease. with line.. disease. Yeah.
1: And this is typical of Stable Scoop. This is what Glenn and I have been doing for like the last four or five years. <laughs> right. We get on something and then we take the scenic route. Somewhere else.
0: That's right, because we both have ADD. I, I, I did want to say what I was trying to say at the very beginning of this conversation was <laughs> if you missed the Lime episode and want to listen to it, you can go to stablescoop.com and just look at the past episodes, and it's right there. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say from the very beginning. Yes, you
1: are. Sure. But if you are interested at all by this conversation, we will put links up on stablescoop.com to the New Bedford Whaling Museum as well as to Go Providence. So if you're ever or or go newport if you're thinking about coming to the northeast in the summer for a visit we'll put some links up on our website and get you some some resources
0: you got you well now while we're on the topic before we get to our our first guest who i want to introduce here in just a second um there is a huge italian festival in newport every year and we went the one time when we lived in massachusetts and had a blast so i wanted to tell you that uh it's down by the waterfront, and it is so much fun. And the food is unbelievable. So, Attack mm. Festival Newport, keep your eyes open. Okay. <clears throat> All right, now our first guest here today... Uh, our only guest here today is somebody that's been on with us before. Her name is Lisa Wysocki. She is an author. She has written uh, many books, and we had her on the last time when she, she wrote the book The Opium uh, Equation. And most of her books, she's a true horse girl. She's a coach. She's a teacher. She's an instructor. She's a trainer. But she also is an author, and she writes books usually that revolve around the horse world. And the opium equation did that. It's a terrific book. Uh, if you haven't read it, you should go back and get it. But she has written she has written a new book that she uh, was an uh, is an autobiography that she's going to tell us about. And this is not horsey related, so we might as well just have the whole show not be horsey related, right? But she's such a a fun person to have on, and her book is going big time. So That's, let's talk we to like her. That. Yeah, bestseller. So let's talk to her about that. And I think everybody's going to know who's the book. Who is the book? Who is, can you say that for me? Who the book is about?
1: (laughs) Can I say that for you? No.
0: So I think everybody's going to know who the subject of the book is. Let's do it that way. So let's get Lisa on the phone right after this nutrition minute from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture but for at-risk horses grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis by paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance product supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, howdy, Lisa. I got to tell you, before we, we release the name of the book, that I walked into Walmart yesterday, and I happened to walk by the book section. And guess who had a whole bunch of slots at the book section at Walmart? Oh, don't tell me. <laughs> And then I looked at it, and I said, I know who wrote the book. I know her. I felt, I felt like I was big time, because I knew you.
4: That is so exciting. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> well, tell everybody the name of the book and what it's about. We've been teasing it, but we haven't really told them.
4: Name of the book is on eggshells, and I co-wrote the book with Lisa Chapman. A lot of the listeners might know her as the daughter of Dog the Bounty Hunter.
0: That's right. And she's on the TV show with them.
4: She she is. Um, She is actually not on the new show. Uh, It's called Dog and Beth on the Hunt. That's on CMT. She was on the A and E show Dog the Bounty Hunter. But the reason she's not on the new CMT show is because she's getting her own reality show.
2: Oh.
4: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really (laughs) exciting. I've been out on book tour with Lisa. The book published uh, May 7th. And it's the story of her life. She's just had a really, really tragic and hard childhood and teen life and she's just actually today's her birthday. Uh she's twenty six years old today and Happy she birthday been, Lisa. Aww, yay <laughs> <laughs> We will pass it along to her. And uh she just has lived like eighteen different lifetimes in her twenty six years. She's just amazing.
0: Well now was was the family upset about this book, or did they were they warned, or you know because it, it really is the story of her life growing up, and it was not pretty?
4: no, it wasn't, and it's you know it's her view on her life, and um, you know i have have not talked to Dog and Beth about it, and I think that they have been so busy with their new show that um, I don't know that Lisa has had really a lot of time to talk to them. It was funny though, because we were all at CMA Fest last week, and CMA Fest is the Country Music Association's big fan festival where there's 80,000 country music fans in town, and uh, Dog and Beth were on one side of town, and Lisa and I were on the other, and we kept running into people, said, oh, we we saw Dog and Beth, or, you know, they would coming to Lisa's well, you autograph can't miss them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we didn't, we didn't get to bump into them. and, and um, so.
0: Well, before we get off of the Music Fest, did you get to see our friend Templeton? Yeah.
2: I did
4: not, you know, and I knew that she was there, and she's just got great stuff going, and I'm so excited for her because she is such a fabulous person, and she has worked so hard, and she is so deserving of all her success. I'm so excited for her.
1: And we're this talking is about, the best yeah. part. This is the best part about having about the being part of the Horse Radio Network is that we get to see our friends really accomplish and and enjoy the rewards, enjoy their success. Your book here, Tempe's success in the music industry. It's just it's wonderful. Like we are so with you every step of the way. Like I can't wait to go pick up this book.
4: Oh, thank you so much. Thank just, you. You know, a lot of people don't really. You know i mean she was she was gang raped at thirteen, and she had her first baby the day she turned after, turned fifteen and uh, she was homeless and living in her car in Alaska by the time she was seventeen. she had her toddler living with her and and uh, I mean she just had a really, really hard life. She started using drugs when she was eight, and um, just oh a really, God. really tough life and and she has totally changed things around, and she has become a really strong role model specifically for young women who are kind of going off track, and she's pretty amazing. Did you, how did you meet her? You know, we have the same literary agent, and that's kind of how we hooked up. My literary agent said, you know, I think Lisa needs a co-author, and I think you guys would fit. And, you know, Lisa and I have become great friends, and it's so wonderful to be able to write with somebody that is just a, a really cool person. And when she was in town, I, I always try to take people buy my horses if, if I can, you know, to, to visit my horses. And cause they're the ultimate determiners of who's a cool person
2: or not. Yeah, you know? yes, That's right. You know,
4: cause your horse yep. is just cut right through the BS, you know? Yes. And so we were, we had done one, um, book signing and we were on our way to another book signing and, uh, Coincidentally, we had to drive right past the barn. So I said, oh, we have time. Let's stop, and I have to feed my horses anyway. So, you know, I have, I have two horses, Quincy and Tessie, and, and they're, Tessie's the herd leader, and she's the Belgian quarter horse, you know, just no crap with her. I mean, she it just is what it is. And then there's Quincy, who, if he were a mare, he'd be the diva, and he's always getting hurt, and, you know, he's like kind of the poor me kind of, kind of horse. And they just were so respectful of Lisa, who is about – five feet tall and here she is in her little sundress and her uh, six inch platform heels and, you know, all dressed up for her book signing. And they didn't push on her. They didn't stomp on her feet. They, they just were so respectful of her. And she knew nothing about horses. And I just thought that was really neat that, that they knew that, okay, here's somebody who doesn't know who we are, but we're not going to take advantage of her because she's cool.
1: She, <laughs> she's cool. <laughs> and, you know that's got to make you respect both of them. Actually, your your horses and this newfound friend.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. You know everybody. Everybody is just you know they got great vibes, and and uh, it was just such a it's such an amazing thing for me every day to walk out into my horse barn. But it's so amazing for me to have written this book with Lisa, and also have have become a friend. I just I just really respect her.
2: Now,
1: how long did it yeah. take you to write and and like how often did you guys meet was it Oh uh, well you know she lives in Hawaii so
4: oh. and I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, and it oh, was very Oh, so you had exciting. to
0: suffer and go out and meet with her?
4: I did. It was very <laughs> sad, you know. <laughs> and the
1: worst thing about it was the publisher paid for the entire trip.
0: Oh, that's oh. terrible! Oh, jeez, we We're feel in the so run. bad. How yeah. did we? Do?
1: What, what made we think radio was worth yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening to you anymore. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so yeah, so I went out about a year ago and, and met with Lisa and. Uh, uh, spent about 10 days out out there, and then we talked pretty much daily on the phone um, and just started shooting pages back and forth. And then, you know, we turned the book into the publisher, and of course, then they started the editing process. And I think we went through seven or eight different editing processes, plus the attorneys always get involved closer to publication to make sure there's nothing in there that, you know, anybody might want to sue anybody about. And, and so we worked with the attorneys, and then, um, uh, the book was published uh, about a month ago, and it 's been doing really, really well i've just been so excited
0: well yeah, i mean this is probably this is probably one of your biggest at this point, isn't it?
4: It really is you know uh walking on eggshells is is kind of a term that she uses for her entire life, and uh, as I said, Lisa Chapman has been um, just had such a such a hard life and when you go into a subject matter like this. You know, you never really know. It's it's difficult sometimes to present somebody who has had a really dark life and a dark story in an informative and entertaining way, so that people, you know, on by page thirty, they're so depressed they don't want to
2: read the rest of the book. That's <laughs> true. You know?
4: So uh, so we we worked on that, and and um, Lisa Lisa was just great in in digging up. Um, old memories, and her family members, too. You know, uh, listeners might be familiar with Dwayne Lee and Leland, who were on the Dog the Bounty Hunter show, and they were very helpful. Uh, Dog and Beth were helpful in, in, um, you know, pulling up old memories and confirming um, details of events when Lisa was young. And and, uh, uh, so, you know, it's really been going very well, and and, uh, her fans, Lisa's fans are just so loyal. It's just so heartwarming to see that they're really – Seeing a new side of her and and really embracing that.
0: I I hadn't watched the show a whole lot, but I have watched episodes of it and of the old show. And she was the only one that came across Sane in the whole family, to be honest with you.
4: (laughs) <laughs> that may be true. I don't know, you know, but... Um, I don't
0: expect you to comment on that. It's just me.
4: Well, I will say this. Uh, <laughs> if you go back and watch the, the, the first show of the second season, it's, it's called Babies Back in Town, and I think you can get it on Hulu or, you know, any of those online... I think it's on Netflix,
2: where, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: Netflix, probably. And Lisa talks about coming from Alaska. She was finally, you know, living in her car with her daughter, and she finally broke down and called her dad and said, "Can you please help me?" And and he flew her and her older daughter Abby, who is now 11, um, to Alaska or to Hawaii. And Abby was maybe two or three, and and Lisa didn't even know her da- her dad had a television show, and so she gets ah at the airport and she's got cameras in her face and she doesn't even know what's going on and besides that she's higher than a kite and she's on all different kinds of drugs and uh, if you look at her in through that episode you can see you know she's just totally clueless and she is just totally spaced out and to to see that and then see where she is today it's just an amazing transformation
0: How hard was it—I mean, I'm sure Helena's thinking the same thing. How hard is it—I mean, when you have a life like that, you want to forget. I mean, you don't want to drudge it all up again. How hard is it for people like Lisa to mentally go through that process of remembering it all? And a lot of it's hard to remember because you repressed it. I mean, you're living it all again. That's got to be tough.
4: Yeah, I think it was really— awful for her in a lot of ways because she, you know, she'd be crying on the phone or, or she'd have to take a couple of days to process things, to, you know, in bringing all of that up. and But she was so motivated to do that because she has such a strong heart and a strong will to help other people, girls and young women in particular, so that they don't have to go through the same thing that she did. And she's just so dedicated to stopping the cycle of abuse, no matter how old you are or what Relationship you have with your other family members, and, and just you know, stopping stopping the abuse and stopping the dysfunction and living a normal life, and and that kept her going. And you know, she just suck it up, and and uh, I I think it was very therapeutic for her. Um, but it was it was a difficult process for her. I I know that for a fact.
0: Hmm. And I'm looking at uh, Amazon right now, and you have full five stars, which I don't think I've ever seen for
2: a. Oh, that's awesome.
4: Yeah, Yeah. you know, as I said, the readers are really resonating with with the Walking on Eggshells book. And, you know, when you put something out there, particularly something like this, that can be a little bit controversial, you wonder uh, how everybody's going to take it. And you hope that everybody understands the spirit in which the book was written and that Lisa is sharing all these negative details about her life. And there are some funny stories in there, too. Um, but, you know, all these, these intimate details about her life so that other people don't have to go through it, and um, everybody really gets that, and they're really loving the book, and they're saying it's an easy read, which I always like, because I, I don't like to write books that people say, boy, that was that was tough to get through. You know, I want people yeah. to put down the book and say, I want more.
1: I want more, it's, and that's part of, it's writing a book isn't just about putting words down or Sharing information, you really want people to understand, and and for them to understand her story and understand a little bit of what she went through, you have to make the information digestible. It has to be accessible to them, and it that's makes, your job, right, as an author. Yeah,
4: it is. You have to balance it. You have to balance it. And you know, I I, I did a, just a little quick autobiography from the time I was thirteen until I was twenty three called horseback and it came out late last year and it's about all the silly uh, predicaments i got myself into with horses when i was young and i read through the first draft and i thought you know everybody's going to think i'm an absolute idiot <laughs> and so i had to balance some of those stories, just like with Lisa, we had to balance some of the stories, and there's so much that didn't even make it into the book that I wish people could read about or know about. But to present the balanced version of her story, which is an honest, factual version, uh, we had to cut out a lot of um, more tragedy and more of the dysfunction just, just to keep it balanced and to keep people saying, oh, I want to stay engaged, and I want, I'm just loving this book. I can't put it down.
0: Wow. And this was different for you, too, because you really haven't, you've done a number of different books and a couple of them on my shelf right over here, but this is really, it was a little off off for you, of what you normally do?
4: Oh, yeah, it was very, very different, and it was yeah. a real challenge, you know, and, and I love that, so I just, I just dug right in, you know, and I, I had to do a lot more research, because usually I write about horses or, or people who are around horses or, you know, something like that. And and so this was a real challenge because I, I spent a lot of time doing research. I probably watched every episode of Dog the Bounty Hunter at least twice.
1: And, I mean, they were on for wow. eight season,
4: so that's a lot of TV watching.
1: That's a and sacrifice for your job, if I ever... I know, I
4: know, that and going to Hawaii, you know.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and,
4: uh, so, and, and I also spent a lot of time online because, obviously, Dog and Beth and, uh, you know, Baby Lisa, they're all very controversial figures, and so I wanted to kind of get the public perception of what was out there and make sure that we cre- uh, corrected anything that, that wasn't factual and uh, in the public mind and uh, so yeah it was it was a challenge and then of course the publisher gives you all these restrictions you know it's got to be this number of words long and this many chapters and you can only have this many photographs and you can't use these words because it was a christian publisher who published the book and uh, so that was that was tough
1: <laughs> well, like what word couldn't you use oh you know well i don't want to say them on the radio but but uh, <laughs> But like swear, like spl- swear words.
4: Well, yeah, or like like dumb, and then and then the word, the three letter word that starts with a. And yeah. a and oh, gotcha. that. You know things, right. things like that. Well, what the
0: heck? They say that on the show. I mean, I know.
4: <laughs> I know. <laughs> 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 so, so there's any any words, you know, and, and those would crop up maybe in conversations that Lisa was reconstructing. You know, things people said to her and and. Uh, so we had to make sure we didn't use any of, of the, the words on the forbidden list. And, yeah. and uh, did
1: they actually give you a list?
4: Well, no, but there's a gen- there's a general guideline uh, of the types of words that you can't use, and, and a lot of it depends on the context in which they're used.
2: Right. Right. But
4: um, but we didn't have any any problems with that. Um, um, the only thing we really had um, to really double check uh, with, from the legal team were dates and places and times and, you know, making sure all of that was correct.
0: Well, I, you know, I wonder too, you know, you said how many revisions it went through after, after it gets to the publisher and comes back. How frustrating is that as an author when they, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're used to it, but it's still got to be a little frustrating.
4: I, for the most part, I really embrace it. You know, it, it, for me, it's, it's another set of eyes and another brain and, and somebody saying, you know, this makes sense to you, but it's not going to make sense to the general public. Uh, So let's rephrase that. Geez, that's our
0: entire show, uh, (laughs) Selena.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did he just say that out loud? Yeah, he did. did, Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm
0: glad we don't have a publisher. We'd be out of business.
1: Yeah, you'd be in trouble, (laughs) Glenn. Yeah, we have a problem with authority.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) You have so much more fun. That's true. That is true. Exactly. That's That's the whole point. A lot yeah, less I, I, I have to say, i get another round of edits back, and I wouldn't say, oh, this is going to be fun.
2: <laughs> that's true.
1: I, even our blooper reel is fun. Even what's, what lays on the cutting room floor is fun. In fact, that's probably the most fun. Fun,
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yeah,
4: so can you put those, like, out in a special oh, show? We do. We time?
0: have in the past. We have put those out, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, only thing is Helena gets mad at me every time, so. Because
1: it's, like, 99% <laughs> my bloopers. <laughs> You know, but honestly, he makes the big ones. He makes the big, funny... I have the ones
0: I can't put out. See, that's the problem. <laughs> ah, so,
1: so Glenn is the one who's editing this, this yes. series of bloopers yes. together? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's it should, we should call it the Helena Blooper Show. Because, exactly, yeah. exactly.
4: Well, I think, Helena, that you should edit the next reel, and see how the balance is between you and Glenn. Because I'm, of course, mm-hmm. perfect, and I Glenn never gonna make mistakes. going to have a mistakes. lot more bloopers if you edit it. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: better watch
4: out, Glenn. Hey, uh, i want to hook up, up with her behind the
0: scenes. You, I think you're writing another book, aren't you? You're, 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 didn't you I tell am, me? I am,
4: and this yeah. is so exciting. I'm so glad you asked about that. It's called The Magnum Equation, and it's the sequel to my equestrian mystery called The Opium Equation. And, Glenn, you are in my book. What? You are in my book. Am I the murderer? So, I, always oh.
0: murderer. No, the murderer. <laughs> I always wanted to be a murderer. No, I'm not
4: the
2: murderer. I always
4: wanted to be a murderer. I just said that. Uh, really mean. You are not the murderer. Oh, and Jamie, <gasps> Jamie Jennings is in the book. And Chris oh, really? Jen is in the book.
2: Mm. Oh, Yay! Yeah. To see
4: what happens yeah. with that. Yeah. that it's all about it's a it's a it's a very prestigious all breed horse show is where the where the book takes place and all the the big equestrian media is there so all the horses in the morning crew are are there interviewing <laughs> all the winners and <laughs>
0: oh, very wow. exciting. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's i it Well, yeah, it not a murderer I'm a good August, guy. I'm not the murderer. That's even
1: better.
4: It is. It is even better, you know, uh, because that means you're, you don't have to do the show from jail.
1: <laughs> Give him time, though, Lisa. Give him time. It's funny. It'll happen.
4: Yeah, it should be up on uh, the online sites, and, and um, it comes out the end of August, but it should be up the middle of July. It's called The Magnum Equation, Ooh. and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, you're going to send me a first copy, aren't you?
4: I actually I'm gonna send you a before copy to make sure that uh, that everything that's written about you is
0: okay. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, we'll appreciate that. <laughs> Not that I care, but I'll 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 definitely take you a look at
1: it. You can send it Elisa.
0: Yeah, send it to Helena. She'll she'll tell there you, you everything's all wrong and <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So so that's gonna be a lot of fun too. It's, it's fun to get away from the nonfiction where you have to kind of stick with facts and switch to fiction where you can make up anything you want to.
0: Well, that's terrific. Well, congratulations on this book. Uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a bestseller. Uh, Walmart sure gave it a lot of play. So,
4: Oh, thank you so much.
0: Uh, and uh, good luck with it, and uh, good luck to Lisa as well. It sounds like she's getting her life together and, and is not living in the car anymore, so that's good.
4: She is not. Yeah, I will pass. Thank you guys so much.
0: All right, thanks, Lisa. Right. Always a pleasure. Okay. Hey, Lisa, where can they buy it? Uh, everywhere, I assume. But uh, In
4: stores and online everywhere. It's called Walking on Eggshells, and it's by Lisa Chapman and Lisa Wisaki.
0: And your website is? com. Very good, and we'll link to that on Stable Scoop and on our Facebook page as well. So
4: thanks, oh, Lisa. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that was fun. Lisa's always a, a lot of fun to have on the show, and I, we ju- I just enjoy talking to her. She's always got new adventures, so it's, it's, uh, she's a neat lady.
1: Yeah, she really is. I, she, and she's very dynamic. She's very animated and, and straightforward.
0: And I've seen she, her actually on, I've seen videos of her. I haven't seen her in person, but I've seen videos of her doing clinics where she actually does horse clinics. Mm. And she's very good, as you can tell. I mean, that she's
1: quality all around. Yeah. I, she's quality all around. She definitely makes. She's somebody whose presence you want to be in. Yep. She's good with everything she touches.
0: Yep. So thank We're you lucky so much to have her. for joining us. And you can find that book, Walking on Eggshells, uh, everywhere, and especially Walmart. Uh, now let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Horse Quencher, uh, one of our sponsors. We had guests on last week that uh, talked about Horse Quencher and how they use it. But well, you know, one of the things that we take pride in, and that Helene and I talked about when we first started the the show, was that we were not going to have sponsors on that we didn't believe in or that sold crap, in our opinion. Uh, So we are
1: some do sell crap.
0: Yep. And we are very particular about, you know, our sponsors we take in, we've turned sponsors down that we thought didn't have products that were worthy of our audience. And in 99% of the cases, they, you know, we have them send us the product and we try it out and we make sure we like it. Um, And or if it's a product that we already know, you know, that we already use every day. So that, that is our criteria. And we probably, to be honest, would have made a lot more money over the last five years if we had taken in every product that wanted to advertise with us. True. Uh, but, you know, our credibility is still on the line. And when we endorse a product, we mean what we say. And, and Horse Quencher is one of those products. This is Beaker approved. Beaker is our quarter horse, that Jennifer and I have. <laughs> and Beaker has trouble when he goes away. He uh, and Jennifer will take him on, you know, travel down the road. We have the Florida Greenway here, which is a series of hundreds of miles of trails that go through Florida that you can take your horses on. And they're just like going into a prehistoric wonderland. And she'll take him out there and ride for three or four hours with her friends and, and come out and he won't drink. And, you know, we're in Florida. It's hot down here. And you're in the jungle. And, you know, he comes out and he just wants you're to. You're in the jungle. <laughs> it seems like jungle when you're in there. Trust yes, me. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, especially the size of the spiders. Yeah. So um, this stuff really works. Horse quencher is all natural. You take, uh, you take a packet of this and you put it in the water. And he gobbles it up. And now he's gotten to the point where he sees the packet and he sees it being opened. And he comes over and he whinnies because he wants this stuff. So he'll drink five gallons of water like that with this stuff in it. And it's horse quencher. It's all natural. You just buy it at your local tack shop. You can get it online as well at horsequencher.com. But when, they have, when you're traveling, you should have this in the trailer. Just keep it in the trailer with you. When it's hot out and they're not drinking enough, this can help avoid colic because if you have a horse that's not drinking enough for whatever reason, just put some of this in and they'll drink. And that's, you know, uh, we found very few horses that won't drink with this. Um, You know, most of our guests... You know, we we have a a top uh, driver right down the street here that uh, uses it when he travels all over the world. So, you know, Chester Weber uses it when he travels all over the world, and he's one of the top drivers in the world, and he uses it for all his horses when they fly and when they they travel by trailer. So you should have this available. It's one of the top products for solving this particular problem. Horsequencher.com. And now it is time for our tack and habit segment where we talk about silly products. Well, at least today.
1: So, well, yeah, well, they're not so silly if you like girly things.
0: <laughs> and I'm the one that found them. Thanks a lot. I know. <laughs> so let's play the music.
1: Today's tack and habit segment is sponsored by Chasing a Fox in a Little Black Dress. It's a style guide for fox hunters, their friends, and pretty much any equestrian. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Chasing a Fox. We're also online at ChasingaFox.com. If you don't know what to wear, find us ChasingaFox.com.
0: Very good. Well, today's product I stumbled across in the home improvement section of Amazon. I don't know why I was looking through there, but I was the one day and I went, oh, my God, look at these things. I didn't even know they existed. Maybe maybe I'm just the last one to the parade. I, have you ever seen them before? No, well, no, this is a first. Well, how many double ended snaps and those little lobster call snaps and, and, and hook snaps have we all bought?
1: Oh, gazillions. Yeah
0: by the dozens, right? Yes. I mean, and you always yes. need more because they always rust or they get stuck or they stop working or whatever. And we always buy the silver ones or the goldy-colored ones and the brass ones and, and, and you know, and, and there's nothing fancy about them. You just buy them, right? You just go to the hardware store and you buy them or the tack shop. Right. Well, they've kicked them up a notch now. And what we're talking about, yes, is double-ended snaps or the lobster claw snaps or the uh, spring snap hooks that you'll find, they now are making them in colors. And I'm not just talking about any colors. I'm talking neon colors and tie-dyed. They make tie-dyed double-ended snaps.
1: Ah. I love that. There's a company
0: called Pro Tool that is now making colored and tie-dyed double ended snaps and all the different other kinds of snaps as well that we all use.
1: So is the material like is well, it like the, is it a coating? I,
0: I you know, I wish I could tell you. Um it doesn't I gotta enamel. look at a zoom. It says non rust die cast zinc with fun tie-dyed finish in a durable baked enamel.
1: Baked enamel. There you go. All right, so it so... shouldn't come
0: off. I mean it's baked in. Well,
1: it might chip a little. Yeah, it could
0: chip. The but snap's that's right. It only break be the before it chips.
1: <laughs> I know the snap will break before it chips. T- <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I I invest in my double ended snaps. I get the solid brass ones. Oh, do you? And they last forever. Yeah, they do. They last forever. Um, but they're expensive because they're solid brass. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So. These would be kind of a fun little replacement, you know, if you want to, cool
0: yeah. If you want to, if you're one of those color, color, matchy, matchy people, yeah, uh, then this could be a lot of fun, or as just gag gifts, or you know,
1: well, and it also depends on what you use them for. Like, I think they'd be great for leads and you know, uh, cross ties and stuff like that. Like, I use my double, double ended brass snaps for my water buckets, so I hang my water buckets. On screw eyes in the stalls, and I use the brass snaps and they have to be brass because they get wet, they get you know they get open and closed daily, so they, they really have to be durable. but these um key ones, I mean, you can use them in every other place in your barn
0: yep, I mean, they just look fun. you know, I just stumbled across them now they're not cheap, they're two dollars and nineteen cents each, so you're going to pay for these. Um.
1: Fashion is never cheap. <laughs> We say that on Chasing a Fox all the time. It pays. You have to pay to look good, baby. Yeah, but you have to get your head around
0: the fact that your double-ended snaps are now fashion. So you have to, you have to come, come to that point first. Before. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. But yeah, so there it is. Uh, there's our, our uh, silly little product of the week. Uh, fun and functional tie-dye three-and-a-half-inch double-ended snap hooks from Pro Tool. We'll put a link to I don't know if you're ever going to find them on Amazon, so we'll put a link to them on our show notes. Okay. (laughs) Just something silly and fun.
1: Just something silly and fun. And speaking of Chasing a Fox, one of the things that was featured recently on their Facebook posts, um, they do twice-weekly Facebook posts featuring some really cool fashionable items from around the world. Uh (laughs) Well, all right, around America for the most part. Um, but we discovered, well, recently they went to the Virginia Hound Show and discovered a small business called the Vintage Fox. And the proprietor's name is Nina Fox. How cute is that? The Vintage Fox. And Nina specializes in one-of-a-kind estate and antique jewelry, bits and baubles of all kinds. She has necklaces and um, gorgeous um just like hoof picks, you know, uh, picture frame, some works of art. Uh, but the, her jewelry is absolutely stunning. And you're not going to see yourself coming and going because these are one-of-a-kind pieces. Um, but one of the things that she showed us were these. Um, they're hand-painted. They're hand-molded and then hand-painted foxes. And they're set inside a 14-karat gold base with a crystal dome that goes over them, which adds this like – liquidy mysterious gorgeousness to them they're so tasteful and really stunning are they,
0: what are they are they pins or are they they're earrings earrings okay they're
1: earrings and we'll we'll you can find them on um chasing a fox facebook I, or you can find them up on our uh, the stable scoop we'll put them in the show notes um i
0: just went to the facebook page and looked at them first of all who took that picture because it's hard to take picture of jewelry
1: me it just,
0: that was a terrific picture
1: Thank you. Well, see, that's it. It's certain things just speak to you. And when you see something, you're like, oh, my God, I need to capture that moment.
0: They are cute as a Dickens. That's and hand-painted? Yes. Wow.
1: Yes. And um, Nina was explaining to us the process of painting and the type of uh, brush that's used to get the level of detail. When you see these earrings up close, you will be absolutely stunned at the level of detail in the fox. She has horses as well. Um there are some other things. So there's, she has maybe three or four pairs of earrings that have different scenes underneath the etched crystal. But absolutely, uh, they're showstoppers. They're not cheap, but it's this is an investment. Yeah, piece. I, I
0: didn't think these would be cheap. Let me yeah. guess. Can I guess? Okay, two hundred and fifty.
1: Not even close. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So just give up trying now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In other
0: words, I'm uh, not gonna be buying them for Jennifer for her birthday, probably.
1: No, not this particular <laughs> pair. These are you will not find another pair of these. So let's when I when, when I say one of a kind, that's literally what we mean.
0: In other words, if I have to ask what the price is, I can't afford them.
1: Well, no, they're not they're not outrageously priced. I would definitely go to um we'll put a link to the vintage fox on our website she does have they're, they're definitely investment pieces but they're not out of the average person's reach okay gotcha you, you would just need to check you know not out. eat for a month but <laughs> yeah check it out
0: all right very. that's good. at the
1: Vintage Fox
0: very good well that was fun well, uh, I wanted to also um, mention one other thing. Another friend of ours is having an exciting weekend coming up, and that's Darlie from Equitrekking. She is actually going to be. Uh, well, let me let me go there right now. Uh, she will be at the daytime Emmys again this weekend, and she has uh, she is up for. Outstanding Travel Program, three nominations. Outstanding uh, Outstanding Travel Program, writing and photography. So they have three em- daytime Emmy nominations for their show Equitrekking on PBS. They won Emmys before, so yep, it. Uh they, they got a good chance this time of, uh, of winning another Emmy. So
1: congratulations She's cleaning to her. up on the awards show, that girl. Good for her.
0: I know. And it looks like she just wrote to me, actually. I just heard from her, and she said, our amazing photographer, Greg, because they do a one-camera shoot. That whole show is just right. shot with one camera. And she says, our amazing photographer, Greg, will be representing us in L.A. this year. So I guess uh, Darlie herself is not going. Um, I was going to ask oh. her what dress she was wearing. Now I have to ask Greg. Uh, what could keep
1: her from the <laughs> Emmys?
0: I know. I, that's what I want to I know. guess it's getting boring. She's had so many What's nominations.
1: She... <gasps> it's getting boring?
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, go with them. Again. I
1: wonder what that's like. <laughs> I
0: know. You know, they do have awards for real radio. Um, what are they called? I used to know what they were.
1: Oh yeah! Uh,
0: what do they call? I'm gonna look that up. Uh, no, Radio, Radio awards. awards. Let's Google it.
1: Yeah. Radio awards.
0: Uh, what are
1: they? Mercury called? awards. No.
0: Marconi. Uh-huh. The Marconi Awards are the, are the Emmys of radio.
1: Oh, right.
0: And uh, uh, Because I know that because I listen to Bob and Sherry's, one of my favorite uh, radio shows, and, and they are syndicated across the country, and I listen to them every day, and they've been nominated nine times and never won for Best Radio uh, Syndicated Program. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So, and they joke about the <sharp> fact that they've been nominated nine times and never won. But I'd, be ta- I'd take being nominated nine times.
1: I know. would take being nominated. I would take just having my name thrown in the hat there. But
0: there is podcasting awards too. They do have a podcasting awards, but it's really the ones that win that are all the tech shows. You know the.
1: You know, and the traditional media is always going to be. I mean, there's this. There's always going to be this war between traditional media and new media. Radio and television, traditional broadcasting, is just. Yep. I don't know. You would think it reaches more people, but it really doesn't. The internet, I mean...
0: You know, I'll tell a secret here. We've actually had several radio stations approach us uh, in the past about putting our shows on their, on their air. And we would actually reach less people in that small demographic market that they reach. And then you take the amount of people in there interested in horses in that small demographic market. <laughs> we would reach less people than we do uh, on, the, on
1: the internet. It's true. So. It's yeah. true. It's all about reach.
0: Yep. I mean, now we're in 40 countries. We have over 100,000 listeners in 40 countries on the Horse Radio Network that listen to the various shows. So when you, you, know, when you look at it that way, are we going to really reach that many that are in a small market in, in the middle of Iowa? You know? Right. So that's the reason that we've resisted that. Plus, then we have to like do commercial breaks at certain times. Helene and I have to try and get this show over... Either stretch it to reach an hour, or or (laughs) cut it to reach an hour. We'd actually have to like you know worry about things.
1: (laughs) And there's no list of (laughs) forbidden words. Clearly, if you listen to our shows, that's true. There's nothing. We're pretty good about that, but yeah,
0: we don't do the seven words. But uh, yeah, so you know we we would be there's
1: seven words. Yeah, apparently there are. That's a lot. I know. I was thinking like two (laughs) or three.
0: You're Italian.
1: (laughs) Oh, you have no idea. Being Italian. Let me just tell you something. Being a little Italian girl from New York has gotten me in more trouble over the last. I will not tell you how many years than I care to admit. It's a blessing and a curse.
0: Can I do one, one other plug, too? We got to uh, do yesterday, we did a live show here in Ocala with uh, friends of ours, or friend of ours by the name of Wayne Williams, who does Speaking of Horses TV. And he came down and we did a joint live show. We had it on video and audio. And we were out at a horse trailer dealer in Ocala here. And the people from Gentle Carousel Miniature Therapy Horses came over. And they're the ones that go around the country. They've been up your way uh, to Sandy Hook and... They were out in Oklahoma, and they were out in Oklahoma visiting the kids who were lost their homes and you know had lost friends at the school there and yep. everything. And, and while they were there, the F5 tornado, the big second one, oh. hit, and they were there at that time. And so he talked about that. But he brought brought magic over as one of their top therapy horses. And brought Magic in, so I got to meet Magic, and Magic uh, was on the air with us. So it was so oh, much fun. What did
1: Jen think of Magic? What oh, a coach Jen
0: did. loved Magic. And Magic's so cute. And oh. uh, 27 inches tall. I posted a picture on Horses in the Morning of us uh, with Magic yesterday morning. So Horses in the Morning Facebook page, you can find a picture there. I'll post it over in Scoop too. But uh, if you missed that episode, it's uh, Horses in the Morning for Monday. All right, let's wrap this show up. Thank All you, Helena. Right. It's been fun. I'm As sorry always. everybody if we didn't talk horses much today, but
1: no, we, we didn't. No. no, we talked about food and travel and <laughs> books and yeah. snaps and earrings. No horses.
0: Yeah. Oh well, we got to do that every once in a while. You know, horse people have lives outside of horses too. Not much. Of, not much of Shh. lives outside of horses, but we do Shh. occasionally.
1: All <laughs> right. Well, what do we got next? That's
0: it. That's it. That's it. We'll be back okay. in a week. Thank you, everybody.
1: For, t- d- blah, 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 blah. For details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com where we will post links to all the details about what we discussed on today's show. Uh, you'll find photos and more information about our guests. We really do love your feedback, so please find us on Facebook at StableScoop and comment, like, do things, interact. It'll make us feel better.
0: Very good. Thank you, everybody. Have a terrific week. Be safe. Wear your helmets.
1: B- BC. Protect your noggins. That's it. What happened to the super cool new closing, Glenn?
0: You're supposed to say it right after I say uh, it.
1: <laughs> no, Take you two. say. You, no, hold on that's a minute. That's
0: it. Everybody, we'll be back again next week.
1: Well, Glenn, that's plenty, but there will be more. No, see, you messed it all up. <laughs> You're supposed to say, Well, Helena, that's it for this week.
0: Oh, okay. Well, Helena, that's it for this week.
1: Well, Glenn, I think that's plenty, but there will be more next week.
0: Will we ever get that right?
1: No, you, I get it right. You don't follow the script.
0: I was never good at scripts. That's and if sure. and
1: if everybody's listening, I'm over here in my studio waving my hands around <laughs> as I'm telling Glenn this. I'm weaving. Very
0: Italian.